welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this week we return to our must-see horror feature with The Hills Have Eyes from 1978. <laughs> 77. 77. I already fucked up. Two seconds yeah. in, I fucked up. That's right. Oh, well. It's fine. You're used to it. We ball anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wes Craven's classic, The Hills Have Eyes, that spawned a, a sequel and two remakes as well. Yeah. Um, some of you may have seen the remake more than you've seen the original, because I know in my case I'd seen the remake. I'd never seen the original until early this year when I finally watched the original and I enjoyed it and then it came up on our random choice of must horror. So I've just watched it again. Um, how about you? What's your uh, history with The Hills Have Eyes? So I remember watching the remake when it first came out. Um, mm. I mean, fuck me. I remember seeing the uh, I remember seeing the posters in the cinema and yeah. it being terrifying. I remember watching the uh, remake, the first remake, and thinking it was fucking class and thinking it was terrifying. And then I watched the second one. Um, and I'm trying to remember how, what year it came out. Maybe 2007, 2006, something like that. What, the um, remake or the sequel? The sequel. I think it came out around then. 2006 and 2007, back to back. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was <laughs> terrified of it. Um, and I remember stopping watching like the first time I watched it, I was so scared I stopped it, the and re- then I watched it again. I, I love both of them. I the remake is one of those up there, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, yeah. where there's a lot of people that are like, these are some of the few at the times that actually lived up to, and for some people exceeded the original film kind of thing. I'm not saying Texas Chainsaw was that case, but no. that one lived up to it. Some people feel that this one, uh, the remake is better. And a lot of people feel the sequel is better than the sequel to this one. Yeah, because <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen the sequel to this one. I I do now want to check it out purely just because I'm interested, but only because I've heard almost like Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel that it just gets a bit batshit crazy. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard there's a dog flashback, which sounds mental. <laughs> I love flashback. that a dog flashback because <laughs> I mean it's not unthinkable. It sounds like I don't know how dogs. It sounds like work. something happened to you when you're high. You're just like, <laughs> like, like a dog flashback. So <laughs> I was like flashback that I was this dog and I lived this beautiful life. <laughs> then it, and then Until it was one over. day I died. It was over and I'm just me. I mean, the, I don't know. Wes Craven, I know, like Wes Craven did actually have a part in the sequel as well, and and even I think he saw the his son wrote the wrote the wrote the second sequel. I believe I read that earlier. Um, I think my thoughts on the remake are, and this was the first time I'd watched this film, was that it was it's basically the same story, but my thoughts on the remake were that it added enough stuff it was almost like if this film had the budget that it wanted to have yeah. you know it, it keeps the pretty much exact same story pretty much exact same things happening it's just the budget is a little bit better for instance the i mean just to jump straight into it um the guy who plays pluto um fam- famous he's on the posters i can't remember michael his berryman michael berryman i read on wikipedia or something it was like he had 26 
birth defects when he was born. So they chose him to play the, you know, they chose him to play it because yeah. he's this freak. And I was just like, he just looks like a regular dude, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like a dude. Whereas in the remake, the per- they look more inbred. They look a bit more deformed. More like they've been near a nuclear testing site. More like they've been a nuclear yeah. testing site, and brothers and sisters have been fucking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it, it delves a little bit more. I mean, I, I think it, it, that's that's like one of those hard ones to say though. It's like saying like if they'd had the budget, if they had the effects, if they yeah. had the possibility to do it, kind of thing. Because obviously, this is this is Wes Craven coming off of things like last the last time was, was, was before. Yeah, that was his because that was his debut. We have covered both of those, haven't we? Yes. So it, go check him out. But I think this was his second film that he did. Yeah, and that's kind of why I'm like, you know, this was made on a free, well, there's quite a vast range here, 350,000 to 700,000. Which is you know, it, it, you know, it was, that's the budget that it was made on and it went on to make 10, 25 million. So it was a success. That's why it spawned like a sequel and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, looking back on this though as much as you can say about the budget and things like this this was kind of what impressed me so much about this film is the fact that this is Wes Craven this is Wes Craven knocking in you know his yeah. um, second yeah, like I think it's his second film and not only does like Last House on Left does he push boundaries if you think this is 1977 this yeah. is you know this is a very different time pushing the themes that he pushes in this film what he goes with the murder the cannibalism even talks of incest and things like that yeah um even like violence towards dogs and babies and things like that you know there's a lot of taboo that he is hitting hard in this and that's why it's like as much as i have not seen the remake in a a long time so i i can't really talk of the remake because i literally barely remember i remember watching it and i remember being kind of a bit like oh shit that this is a full-on film like when i was younger um, but I, I don't really remember it enough to remember apart from there's one that goes from Lost in it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's pretty much on the road. But um, I, I just remember thinking when I watched the film going, shit, this is more full on than even I was expecting. And it, it's me remembering that early Wes Craven, he fucking went for it. He went for it, man. He went hard. He didn't fuck him out. Yeah. He, he knew what pushed people's buttons, but he was also intelligent enough to know about more societal issues, and he really has that like in these films. Yeah. I mean, before we jump in, as always, um, make sure to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. We are vastly and you know swiftly reaching on to uh, 50 subscribers on Apple Podcasts. Let's get there. And um, we've hit over 100 on Spotify, so a big salute to everyone. Like you were saying, you know, just to cut straight back in, um, the thing that, I, that I'm that i very impressed with with Wes Craven is that he, he's, uh, he is a student of the game. So this is his second film, but it's, it's very competently made, and especially for a horror movie. You know, we've spoke about... Uh, like in in more recent episodes like last week we spoke about snuff and that was a film that that i mean it was filmed maybe six years before but the filmmaking itself was just so kind of chaotic and so shambolic and a lot of the films of this era could have had that because yeah it's it is it's definitely an inflated budget but it's still you know it's still the second horror film that a director had made, and no, and now we all know and you know love Wes Craven. At the time, he wasn't you know he wasn't a name. I think no. in 
in the last house on the left we spoke that he even you know he shot porn under a different name yeah. you know so he didn't really he, he wasn't a massive director no but the interesting thing is for someone who's not making a film and not making it with a huge amount of money even necessarily you know and to make that these kind of films um obviously there was a five-year gap between last house and left and Hills have eyes so that's quite a big gap for him yeah right? between films um but one thing that was, like, I noted with um, Last Night and Left and Here is he really does have that director's vision, but he also has a kind of... He makes these small-budgeted films feel big. Yeah. And this feels quite big, even if you think about it. The sets and stuff are minimal. It's a camper van. It's out in... You know, it's, it's a little hut. It's a camper van yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And then it's basically just using, like, basically going out to the desert the mountain in the background range. and find some mountains and basically just using, like, caves and things like that. That's basically it for yeah. our setting it, but it looks it feels like there's a big scale it feels like there's a lot going on it feels like there's a lot that like happens a lot of explosions a lot of like action that kind of feels fitted in there for what would have been a pretty minimal kind of budget and i did just have a look because i wanted to make sure that we're not fucking it up so it is his second film ever and he also did write and direct the sequel okay. i didn't know that <laughs> i didn't know i knew i didn't know he directed it either no i didn't know he'd done part two i thought he might have I, produced I, it I thought he'd be part of it in that way, but no, he did it after Nightmare on, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. The year after Nightmare on Elm Street, he did The Hills Have Eyes Part 2 in 1985. Wow, that's really... Yeah, that's, eight years after. I just assumed job. it would have followed straight after. Same. Um, made by someone else trying to make a buck. So the fact that it took that long. But again, it's one of those things with um, Wes Craven with quite a lot of his things. He never really seemed that much in a rush to get them done. He normally did like to take his time yeah. with it and it kind of shows because there's quite big gaps with quite a lot of his filmography unlike a lot of normal horror like a lot of horror directors normally it's like bam 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 projects, one year yeah. several, two in one year you know that's why sometimes they compare it to porn because yeah. <laughs> like how many horror films you made this week yeah <laughs> just banging them out baby just banging man that's what you do if you're like what's it Yule Ball or whatever it is yeah Yule Ball oh god <laughs> <laughs> afraid of the dark I made Afraid of the Dark this week. Next week, I'm making Far Cry. And then <laughs> the House of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, God, Just you bang them out, baby. He's so fucking... He, surely it's... he's got to be like the worst director of all time. That's what most people believe. Yeah. He's the worst ever. He's so, he's so dog water. <laughs> um. Um, but yeah, so... Anyway, back to this film. It, it felt so... To go from Last House and Left, such controversial film. But it, it's nice, that feeling of still feeling that really controversial because I think with some people there is one thing with people say with Wes Craven is although he always had a good touch as a director he always understood how to do suspense and scares yeah he did go away from that he did become a little bit more of a commercial and a little less of a, the controversial kind of pusher that he was early in his career especially his first couple of films anyway well I think that's kind of a natural part of main getting mainstream yeah you that's know? what I mean you get to those kind of parts it, you know with certain films but i think it's because for instance like a lot of his like um uh blah, 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 chainsaw massacre was a big influence on this film. yeah oh you can tell um and you can tell from the look of it and the style and things like that and again like someone like tobe hooper who again we've talked in the past about how he's kind of went off but not really to the same way because he didn't no. become the same kind of commercial director or didn't get the hits in the same way in the yeah. same orders to become that 
commercial because obviously these films did well but it was Elm Street for Craven that kind of launched boom it him, like yeah. he's this is it he's a major kind of because even though Hills of Eyes is a recognisable horror IP kind of thing yeah it's not the same level oh as, no way it's not the same as no way Texas near. Chainsaw it's not the same as Friday the 13th or, or Nightmare on Elm Street or no way near <laughs> um, but there is uh, there's a, a great kind of layer to Wes Craven films and The Hills Have Eyes in particular the opening scene kind of struck me with this is when they were we get I think his name's Fred and he's at the kind of gas station and watching this for the first time it was interesting to see how different it is to the remake because obviously I hadn't really heard heard about what the original was how far it deviated anything like that it's probably been a good 15 years since i watched the remakes as well but they were kind of burned into my into my brain (laughs) because how terrified i was yeah so it was interesting to see how they did it and fred when he's leaving at the start and ruby comes to try and trade with him and he's like no i'm not having any of this and she's looking around kind of like trying to she's like staring off at the rest of the family out in the distance it I love the way in which it, it sets things up quite well. Like, straight off the bat, yeah. you're like, something's fucking wrong here. And there's forces at play. You know there's something wrong with Ruby for straight away. Yeah. Like, obviously. You know there's something wrong in that, like, the, the way she's dressed, the way she's acting and things yeah. like that. Um, but you know, for an instance, why is he packing up his garage? Why hasn't he got anything for it? Is there something... Has like, is it just a case of like business is just dead and he's getting out of there? But you can tell there's an urgency in him to well, just see, get packed and kind of... I challenge that. Because <laughs> that's what I thought. In the original, he well, in the original, in the remake, he, he's he been telling people to go down this way. Like when the family come, yeah. at first he's like, you know, if you want to get to wherever you're going... You can go this way, and then after a little, after a couple of seconds, he's like, "Or you can take this shortcut," and he sends them to the family, yeah. and you get the impression that he's been doing this in the original. However, when he's talking to Ruby, he mentions stuff like they, they shut, they you know they're looking at shutting the road. They sent the I think they say like they sent the air force or the army here to look for people. Yeah. So he he's very much like. The net's closing on us. Shit's kicking off. I'm getting out. You know. I, I that's think, my impression. I, I think in the original, I, I think it's... that's in the original. I thought because he says all of that. What about that the air force is coming? Things are closing. It like yeah, yeah. He, he says about he does say about all those things. Although he doesn't guide them to the no, no, he doesn't. Road. He, tries, he doesn't try to go. He, he tells them specifically he tells them to not go. Do not stay on this main road. Stay. Yeah. Um, I uh, because he he's literally like the cars like packed up and stuff like that, and you can see him literally the he, you see him pack, packing at the start yeah. kind of thing. Um, but I also think it's a case of I think Fred is very scared at oh, this yeah. stage. Um, obviously because of um, I don't think it's because we find out later that he's basically daddy. He is daddy. He's daddy of Papa. This is daddy's daddy. You know what I mean? He is the daddy. He is daddy of... He's big daddy. You know, having all... You know, you've got like Pluto, whatever, but Papa Jupiter, you know, um, who is the the big daddy. He's big daddy. You know, he's basically... It's basically implied as if he's Papa Jupiter's actual father. No, he is, he says. Uh, Well, he is is his father. And at this stage, he does seem quite... So I don't know... I don't know if he is in an urgent rush, but I, I... 
unlike I, I have seen things where people have implied like like in the remake where he's more of a villainous, you know, kind of more like trying to get them to help yeah. to help himself so that he's not brought it out by them and stuff like that. Whereas in this one, it's like as soon as if Papa Jupiter finds out, like he's gonna try and kill him, like you know that that's yeah. part of the whole thing. I I do think it's in this case it is very natural. Like you need to stay on that road because I'm gonna be gone. Like I'm yeah. happy. Like I'm gonna be. I'm going to be on the road um, with all of you lot with, uh, as, as they arrive and obviously to introduce them to, to the yeah. people listening we've got parents Bob and Ethel fucking love Bob yeah Bob's fucking a, he's such a king he's a big Bob big boss man um, you know he's a, he's a cop who's kind of he's dry retired and, cop and, isn't and he? They go, they've, they've heard about the silver gold the silver mine uh, or whatever where they can like kind of where you can go searching but you might even find yourself some little hidden treasure in there yeah retirement years that they could uh, take yeah. some of that and find a bit of that that's one of the things they wanted to do for their uh, is silver it wedding yeah silver yeah, I thought it was anniversary it's the eve of um, yeah so and then they've got with them their children uh, Bobby Brenda their eldest daughter Lynn Lynn's husband Doug I fucking love Doug <laughs> oh, yeah. Doug's yeah. old school man. he is and Lynn and Doug's baby daughter uh, Catherine or referred to as Katie and the family dogs Beauty and the Beast. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of our main characters and notable, notable, notable from a recent episode that we've covered on Cujo is also the of D Wallace, yeah. who is the mum in Cujo, and he's also the mum of Katie and Doug's wife here. Yeah, uh, she plays Lynn. So yes, and E.T.'s mum as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, she was well noted for playing a mum in the seventies yeah, and eighties. She's a. I think the 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 cast of characters we get are good. Oh know? yeah, the, I I I generally I think the casting is strong. I think, and it, it is again. This is purely on Wes Craven that I've always found that he can take characters and he does make good characters. Yeah, he knows how to like bring out a kind of enthusiasm. I hadn't read this before, but I did just literally just read this that about the um, that the cast for the the cast and crew thought that they were making basically a shit film here, and they yeah. were not enthusiastic. But it's Wes Craven who brought like actually made them all feel. By the end of it, they were like, "This is something special." I can feel like that because he. He was the opposite of what you would expect a horror director to be. Somebody who makes these kind of films, like controversial, like Last House on the Left. Yeah. But if you've ever seen any interview or any documentary with Wes Craven, everyone basically just describes him as like a puppy dog. Like he's the sweetest, nicest, charming guy. He's just full of life, isn't he? He was literally so that, because he used to be like a teacher and stuff like that. So he brings that kind of passion for it. It's just he was intelligent enough that he knows what works. He knows yeah. what will push those boundaries. That doesn't mean <laughs> people... Some people do put that assumption on like certain directors and go, they must be a real fucked up piece it's of fucking weird, you know, They yeah. must be... Fake. When actually, even like John Carpenter, he's not... An odd, you know what I mean? John Carpenter's chill. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's a... <laughs> if anything, he half the time he's like, I'd rather do the music. Yeah. <laughs> then they're like, can you please make a film? Yeah, but oh, can I do the soundtrack? Okay, Fine, I'll fucking make the film. Just yeah. can I do the soundtrack? Oh, right. And then half the was like, soundtrack. You're just a oh, yeah, gotta yeah, make just shoot film. that shot, don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. John Carpenter is a master of filmmaking as master. well. But yeah. uh, he's also good with his music. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but just these old school directors who just went, I don't know about Toe Hooper, I've heard some weird stuff about him. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I imagine like, 
linking those guys together. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, it was filmed in the Mojave Desert, wasn't it? So it was filmed on location. Yeah. So I imagine... Like peyote it was... at, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fucking... So it was just fucking... <laughs> That's why the crew thought it was going to be a shit film. They were just... They were just high The whole time, like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> like, I can imagine it would be like... Imagine seeing hot. Pluto. Seeing <laughs> Pluto after fucking... <laughs> imagine fucking like, whoa, dude. But I told you, it's just there's, a regular dude. There's not anything necessarily odd about him. It's just... Just generally, just his a bit. I mean, he, I guess he just he just looked. He's like a guy that's like a regular dude, but when you put him in like that outfit and compare him with just like Doug, Doug, or Bob, or someone like that, or like uh, or the son, uh, was it Bobby? Bobby. I was about to say Eric. Why do I always think a guy like a kid in that kind of young kid with that haircut is Eric Fulton? <laughs> it's an Eric Fulton vibe. <laughs> but um, but when you put him alongside them, then suddenly you're like, yeah, you do look a bit odd. Yeah. But in a general kind of thing, you look at him and go. Nah, yeah. Just a regular dude. You're just a regular just dude. Bold. <laughs> you always, don't you always find it weird in like films and stuff when you're like an actor? Like you, you're like it's a job, but at the same time it's like. So what am I playing? You're playing. You're, uh, you're playing a mutated, mutated freak. Yeah. Like you're meant to be in a disgusting thing. Are oh, you going to do lots of prosthetics? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. <laughs> have that conversation to be like, it, 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 it like literally makes me fit. It's like when it's like when you have someone in the film and basically half the film is taking the piss out of them being like yeah. oversized, overweight, yeah. fat. You know, oh, them, you're disgusting, Leo. But you're disgusting, and you're just them, and you're just like that's just the that's actress. just me. Yeah, that's just me. It's like. I will pay you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like they heard about they heard about him. They were like, "Oh, he has twenty six uh, defects," and the guy's like, "Bring him to me. <laughs> I must see him." But I imagine going back to the film, getting on to the I, actual yeah, film. <laughs> I imagine it must have been a really hard shoot because yeah. it is. You know, it's like freezing cold in the in the nights, boiling hot during the day. Yeah, they probably walk quite far away from things. You know, it's a vast desert. So I imagine it was quite a miserable shoot, and you'd ha- and you'd need somebody to, to I mean, perk you up. Yeah, I was gonna say just alone. Think about being in like a camper van on when it is that hot during the day. Yeah, when it can reach like 40, 50 degree heats, uh, like or even higher. So like you know, what I mean, like yeah, when it, he reached that temperature, like imagine being stuck where you're having to film hours of shots inside like a camper van. It's a fucking hot box. You're literally yeah. like it's like sweating your balls. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sweating your balls off. And, and yeah, and then obviously there's a lot of this that is filmed late at night and things like that. You've got a lot of things with like Bobby searching through the fields for, yeah. for Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> and you get you know, a lot of the a lot of the Pluto and Papa Jupiter and that don't come out until it's night time. So then yeah. all of their scenes. While filming in these outfits, which are not very like, you look at them and it's like that's not warm. No, it's like what would He Man would wear. Yeah, well, it's, it's like caveman style, isn't yeah. it? it? Is it's meant to be a bit like that, which I guess is meant to be like furs and stuff, so your chest is covered and stuff. But still, like it must have been pretty grueling. So you you would need someone to get you yeah. through all of that. Um, so anyway, the, the, a lot of people know the basic setup of the film. Yeah. You know, like we've already talked about. The, the family travel down, then they crash, and obviously they need to try and find help, but they can't get contact to anyone around. In the middle of this day, where there's already where they know that they are now, because they were rushing, they're speeding along because suddenly they're like, "There's the jets." This is one thing I found very interesting. So, in the remake, it's a lot more sinister. So, they get sent purposely down this detour. 
Yeah. And then as they're driving, the road spikes cut the tires. Yeah. Which is kind of what I expected to happen. So did I. So bad. But this one is literally is fully down to the down family to because yeah, of the, the jets and the, the argument and the argue him and Bo- Bob and Ethel are having a big old argument about what. And yeah. Bob even references afterwards. I've spent all this year on the police force, but it's my goddamn wife and a map that yeah. you know nearly goddamn kills me kind of yeah. thing. You know. Um, it, yeah, it, it's interesting because you feel like the natural setup would be for it to be an odd. You know, like you see in the remake, but like you see in any of these films, like um, Cab, not Cabin Fever. What's the other one? Uh, wrong Turn. Wrong Turn. Like, yeah. like there's normally something. It's that's a bit caused more sinister, it, isn't it? set up. You can see like little more little signs. There's not much apart from obviously the bit with um, Fred at, that, at the gas station with Fred and Ruby at the gas station. That's the setup you've got, but it yeah. is surprising that it's not used as a to add on that something or something gets in the way or something you normally expect if not some animal or something to get in the way just so it's not so happenstance but for it to be them that get themselves yeah. in the situation but then again at the same time because they get themselves in the situation it builds more character like problems yeah because they're a bit annoyed at each other the kids get worked up the baby's now upset because they've crap you know there's a bit yeah. more of that kind of character like Oh, it's our fault, but Bob's like well, Bob's kind of a little bit like it's your fault, but at the same time it's my fault. So I need to go and do the walk to go and yeah. find the, go back to Gastet or go and find the closest person or where you were, you know, heading back towards like Fred's way and stuff like that to try and get back to him. That's where Bob goes off to. Doug's going off. And that's the this is the thing that really caught me off guard and really put me in the thing of like, oh, I'm watching a film from the 1970s. Is Bob is like getting the gun. And they're like, oh, are you, you know, he, his, his wife, Ethel, they've crashed. It's like, are you going to be, you got to be safe walking back to the thing? And he's like, you know, he's from, I think he's from like Oklahoma. And he's like, I've been shot at by, it. and then he just drops the N word. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I don't remember that in the remake. Yeah. He just drops that. And then he just starts like listing all these people who have tried to kill him and just walks off casually. And everyone's <laughs> like, Yeah. Fine. <laughs> so it's yeah. It's it's one of those things where, you, like, of all the like gratuitous violence in this film, that was the one thing that caught me. Like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> it just felt really weird, you know. Yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. The, Especially because you, you find it quite. You do find it quite a few like seventies. It is like you do, it but... is one that catches you by the. It's either that or any Scorsese film. There's a gangster film, basically, that word's just used. <laughs> but I, I mean, in terms of, like, the character, I kind of... I get it, because Bob is what? Bob's retired. So, if, if we're saying... Like, I swear it's like, isn't he, like, NYPD? Like, he's, he's York, He was, like, in New York. He was at Oklahoma. Oh. So, let me said, he was at the reference oh, precinct yeah, in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, if, and if he retired, let's say he retired at 55... 60 hmm. and this is taking place in 1977 so he would have been born in like 19 oh yeah so it, no, 1917 1920 so it makes sense for the character and the job that he's in and the job that he's in but it's one of those things where it's like i've watched a lot of movies from the 70s yeah and the 80s and i still haven't really heard it much like i've heard it <laughs> But it really caught me off guard. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? It's just one of those now that's just like, you don't, you just, you just don't use that anymore. But you, yeah, I have seen it in a few 
the word just pops up quite a lot and you're like just that's just a standard word apparently yeah about that <laughs> everyone can do everyone, everyone can use it. that word apparently yeah. um, <laughs> it was uh, it, it's real caught me off guard there are a few bits of dialogue like that in this film that kind of not like not that, that was exactly the most but that use certain words or certain like sexist things and I was like oh damn <laughs> well yeah you know, and I'm pretty sure on top of him using that word, he he tells a slight story about like something that goes. You know, there's there's other mentions that are again on that same vein, Maybe. being a bit like a bit racist. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like you, Bob. Uh, <laughs> so you need the, you but need to have the police that, diversity course. But apart from that, I do like Bob because he kind of just speaks his mind, which I is kind of a nice in the character to just kind of have someone who just like says it the way he's like thinking it like he is like wondering what the fuck's going on when he yeah. gets to say Fred's letter on he's, he is very much like what the hell oh, man, how when, would you do do you kind of, you know he, he does speak as a cop with his one the one main distinction I noticed between the original and the remake is in the you know in the original you have kind of you have uh, you have Big Bob who is pretty much the same. And then you have Doug, who is still like a bit of this like kind of awkward guy. However, yeah. in the remake, I like I felt Doug was a better character because he has not only is he the kind of like this awkward, gangly guy, but he's also very much the opposite of Bob. Like Bob tries to give him a gun, and he's like, No, I don't think you know, I don't agree in guns. And he's very much like, you know, he's a pacifist and he's very, like, opposite him. And I think it works much better with one of the, you know, the, the themes of the story about, like, civilised people and how far they'll go. Yeah. So I felt like that was kind of, kind of a I think that better works better movie. in the modern day. I think yeah. In the seven, I think in the 70s, the cop dad, things like that, the way it would be, like, mm. looked at. Like, it definitely worked well, the, you know, playing them off against each other a little bit you yeah know, playing that little dynamic off against each other i just think from a from a point of view from bit like if they were in <laughs> i was about to say from being in the 70s yeah, right, you were in the 70s <laughs> that's yes. me um but yeah from that point of view i think very much he would be the dad but also doug would very much i feel from the from the feeling i get is very much almost like doug and lynn are almost almost not under but like under his roof under his oh yeah so back then in the 70s if he's with his daughter and things like that it's like you don't you don't you don't like guns i'm a fucking cop yeah (laughs) you think you're dating my daughter you're not dating my goddamn daughter he just go and shoot you in the head (laughs) he's like you either take the gun (laughs) or you receive a bullet from the gun (laughs) it's your goddamn choice doug what do you want so it's almost like doug's a little bit like that because it's like He's trying to, but I I took it more as Doug seemed like he's trying to impress Daddy. Basically, Maybe. he's like ah, oh, he's like ah, oh, I need to I need to be like a proactive to be good for my Daddy. Doug, no, my just, Daddy Bob, not actually his Daddy, but you know. I I just love Doug because the most of the film until shit kicks off, he's literally just like. Yeah, I'll just fucking rock off. Like, yeah. like Bob's like, oh, I'll walk back to, you know, I'll walk back to Fred's. And it's it's 15 miles near and back or something like that. So it's, I'll be back by sunset. And then Doug's like, well, there's a uh, there's probably a military outpost up here on the map. See you in a bit. <laughs> just yeah, walks just off. Love, yeah. <laughs> and then just comes back and is like, oh, I found all this cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, see you in a bit. Oh, I've just got to shag your sister. <laughs> you just know, bang her in the car Just right bangs now. her. 
there is um i think the bit where they where they do get stranded and we see them being watched through the binoculars and we hear the family talking to each other about it it's quite yeah. it's quite creepy and i like the way we don't see them until halfway in it, it, we, we don't re- we don't well. really we don't yeah we don't really see them until they go into the the actual RV, yeah until you see pluto sneaking his way in you sneaky pluto. you only really see if you do see them it's mainly like dark or in shadow like yeah. into the side you don't properly see them but no there are some fantastic like panning shots across the land and including that one like the binocular like the yeah. watching of what the family's doing and having that like long shot while you're here it's su- is such a great shot but there are lots of those especially like what ones I find quite impressive are like the um the ones at night. Yes. Where you can kind of see something but you can't quite tell. Yeah. So like you know, with like especially with like Bobby looking for um Beast. Yeah. Like where you see a lot of like movement there or movement here and it's like what are you seeing? And the quick flashes you see of them are mainly like say when Bobby goes and you've got Beauty who's disappeared first, the dog and occasionally you get like little glimpses of sitting around the yeah. corner like he's seeing something but he's not seeing it but you don't actually get to hear it and, and it works real those kind of scenes work really effectively obviously this happens pretty soon after like Bob and Doug are got like be- uh, yeah. Beauty's very freaked out and runs off Bobby goes after the, after them but one other thing that does really and it again it, it's something that is kind of a taboo like dogs tend to be more safe than humans in yeah. films you know what I mean dogs are like bulletproof you know, so not always in horror no you know Halloween eating the dog and stuff like that but you don't tend to necessarily either show violence towards the dog or you don't tend to kind of hear the pain so much yeah and this one obviously as he's going you know you hear a lot of noises and squealing and but I think that really adds an effect to it because Bobby, all you can see Bobby just kind of like wants his dog and he can tell the dog's in pain and he's trying to find it. So the emotion on his face is quite like... And long. it's quite a tense scene. I like the... I would say about 80% of the soundtrack of the film yeah. is really well done. It's quite like a distorted kind of reverby, half synthy kind of like drone almost. And then... Like twenty percent of the film is just like porn music, <laughs> you know, which kind of takes you out of it. Yeah. But during the scene where Bobby is looking for um, Beast or Beauty, whichever beauty. one, Beauty, daytime's Beauty, more evening is Beast. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, that was like I got real tense at that, and then when yeah. he finds the body, and it's kind of ripped apart, mm. and then we get a ju- we get like a jump scare. Where we get a glimpse of one of the one of the the family, one yeah. of the freaks. I'll just call them the freak, the hillboys. You keep thinking while he's searching for them because one, you're getting the sound from like it almost makes it seem like it's coming from different places. So Bobby's getting thrown off, but you just think this is the perfect way to lure someone in a trap. Yeah. So you keep thinking you're going into a trap, like this. You're, you're there's something yeah. wrong here, and you're going into a trap, even if you don't know what's happening yet, because by this point you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're looking behind me in the darkness. I'm like, oh, look at the hills have <laughs> Um but yeah, the uh even if you don't know, that like sound effect is really powerful in that yeah. moment. Um but yeah, like I said about the vi- the violence of actually like seeing torn up or yeah. things like that is something you just don't tend to see, like that dead dog kind of thing, and like oh shit. Yeah. And the f- the violence of the film never feels overly kind of like 
fake or it never seems kind of strung out when we were talking about uh you know snuff last week and you often find it in the in some of the video nasties is i guess maybe that's part of it you know is that you want it to be slow and you want it to kind of be over the top yeah but the violence in this never really looks massively over over the top it kind of feels it a bit more grounded. The pacing generally is quite good in this. No, oh, the pacing. Um, the first good. time, the first time I watched it earlier this year, for some reason, I thought I found this quite slow. Yeah. Whereas this time, I, I watched Snuff and this back to back one night. Yes. Uh, like literally in the middle of the night, <laughs> and um, and I I thought I'd fall asleep, but literally like it kept me awake because it actually moved at quite a brisk pace. Yeah, it's good. Um, I mean, I, know, I there's I violence and there's. Uh, like you're saying about the violence, that the, the violence, uh, it, I don't know. It just feels natural to the moment. And again, I think it's because Craven builds such a kind of suspense around things, and he hypes it to that kind of build up. Yeah. You know, the it, there is a lot. There is quite a lot of build up before we get any of the, or we've actually got into the house or anyone dies. Once once they actually arrive, then people. That's when that's when people die. Yeah. Is when they actually come fully into contact. So then you know that you're not really fucking about with these characters because they don't really care. They're they're savages. Yeah. And I think that's what works really well is up until that point, you don't really know what's going on. No. Like, if you knew nothing about this film going in, you'd be very like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, you yeah. really would be kind of tense, I think. Well, a lot's been, you know, a lot has been teased. I would say until Bob gets to the uh, into, to the gas station, a lot is teeth. So we get Ruby at the start. We get her looking over her shoulder and talking about you know what supplies they've they've been able to scavenge. We do briefly see like two of them, but you don't get a proper look in the kind of scrapyard or whatever it is the no. the gas station. Um, he we he talks about you know the army moving in and looking for something. Talk, they talk about the nuclear kind of testing and the you know the airplanes kind of flying over and then we also get like the them being watched but one thing that i found really creepy is with the cb radio you know where oh, yeah. you hear like the creepy breathing over it yeah and it's, it's only yeah it's a fun part that it adds into the film actually to have the yes have yeah. that equipment and then have that kind of communication where they're they're listening in and they're feeding back occasionally or sometimes you can just hear as they're going through like they get a channel and they feel oh there's nothing here but it still sounds a little bit like breathing or noises yeah. or laughing or things like that like and the fact that the them themselves Papa Jupiter's babies or whatever yeah, they're they're his clan um, the fact that they themselves are kind of like a little bit playful. Like, yeah, playing with them the whole time. They're not. They're not like overly serious. You know what I mean. So yeah. it, it kind of makes them. And not that they're, you know, in some ways, you know, they could be seen as a little bit goofy at times, a little bit thing. It might take a little bit away from the horror of it that they're yeah. not so full on. Like I believe in the remake, they're a bit more. Full, if I remember, I remember them being a bit more, a bit more. Violent, they're a bit, a bit sinister. More sinister, a bit more. You know, maybe a little bit more serious. Whereas these ones seem quite playful. They seem they do very seem like children. Yeah, but they kind of are <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, because they kind of haven't like got it. Like it's a child who's then incest yeah. made more children who 
no one really kind of they don't know social norms they don't understand no, it they live in the fucking hills man. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know um but when we there's a great bit when big bob finally arrives at the uh at fred's gas station and you know he goes inside and he's trying to like uh, he's trying to find. He's trying to look around for the phone. He answers yeah. the phone and then it gets cut off. And then, the, I think the door closes behind him or something. But he shoots, mm. um, and it's Fred, and he's trying to hang himself. <laughs> and he's like, "Get down, you idiot!" And I love that he said, "Do you do you always stop trespassers by hanging yourself?" And I just <laughs> imagined like that is your home defense. Like somebody's breaking in, and you're like, "Quick, make a noose, hang yourself." <laughs> just like, oh. As soon as they walk through, they just see you hanging there, like Frank. That, yeah, that's the thing. Like he's trying to offer himself. It's it's a weird one to think. He's trying to offer himself because he's scared, but that's also because he because originally he's leaving because he seems so scared. They blow his finger. Yeah, yeah. They blow his truck up so he can't get away anyway, which makes you think, oh, um, oh, like so he was trying to leave because he's so scared of that he's probably going to be caught by Papa Jupiter or whatever yeah. but then the hanging thing then makes you think oh well from what we find out afterwards that he's daddy you know he is yeah. the daddy of the gang um, then makes you think oh it's all of his regret and he can't get away and things yeah. like that but at the same time it's the odd thing in your head being like but he was scared and wanted to get away and now he's just killing himself anyway yeah. and it's like because he was scared to die or like things like oh he wanted to get away from his bad thoughts I don't know I get, I, my guess is he couldn't you know he was going to drive away yeah and if he drove away they would have been able to get him however now they've blown his car up he can't walk because they'll get him he can't wait because they'll get him and they'll torture him and kill him so he's got to hang himself himself is better than whatever they do to him whatever they're going to do or eating him yeah and then (laughs) and then we get the um well they might try and breed him you know maybe yeah, that that bob bit fucking. with that is obviously then when we get the whole story of yeah. Fred and the, he was a just terrible child and this evil child, you know whatever yeah. it says, and they they basically went off and left him in the desert. Well, uh, they said as you do with all your children. They were like, oh, he um, he uh, he was he was born and he was like hairy as a monkey, oh, yeah. and he and I I don't know whether he was the... like big and gaunt. They say like he was big, he was like in gorge, like yeah. unnatural looking. I don't know whether they're trying to imply that there's a bit of radiation in him, you know? Yeah, because then they say like the house. You they know? do say that they live so close to the that yeah. Think the that may have because uh, you know it killed like well they. They say he killed like the family's uh, livestock and murdered his sister, didn't he? That's why he gets yeah, left in the house. And then he's like, I, fuck it. I clouted him with a fucking tyre iron. Yeah. <laughs> left, <laughs> left him in the hills to die. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really... It's like one of those things where when I was watching it, I was like, this is a real grim backstory, but it's also kind of funny. Like, just like <laughs> clouting him with a tyre iron and being like, all right, I'm just going to leave him in the desert. It is grim, but it's yeah. kind of quite funny well because it does because Jupiter survived and had children with a depraved alcoholic prostitute known as Mama well see it says that um, yeah. but then he's like he just stole a whore yeah yeah that's what I mean later like it's not it doesn't sound in the film it doesn't sound like that like the, the that reads it that way but in the film obviously that is Mama is in the yeah. film as well so she stayed as the whore but he just basically went and grabbed some woman and was like you're, my, you're mine now you're mine I'm going to keep you 
Um, even though he's not really close to any places. Anyway. So it's like, where the fuck were the whores? Exactly. Where, where the whores at? Like, where them whores at? Literally, where the hoes at? You know? Then again, I guess, it, um, it, it's, that's the only thing, because it, it, it's not completely clear whether this was a testing site before or after is confused like they said they used it early on but then whether it was back to a normal town and then it became it again yeah it was abandoned there's a little bit of a kind of a unclear timeline there of how these things happened yeah they say about the nuclear we assume that's why um well i don't think i don't even know if it's necessarily completely as that jupiter definitely was to do with that or we just assume because nuclear testing yeah. and we put the two things together um so it's a bit hard to know whether he was just a you know, kind of a, a child who was like a like a mutant to them. Radiation boy. Like, was it radiation or was he just born of that defect? But it's a bit hard to work out what point yeah. because if there was still a town there, then you can understand that obviously he snuck back to the town before it became a testing site. But if yeah. it wasn't, a t- if it was a testing site, then I don't know where the whore came from. No, <laughs> she just appeared. <laughs> where Mama Whore where is Mama from, Whore. I don't know. They had three sons: Mars, Pluto, and Mercury. So again, like. It goes away from the whole incest thing. That that backstory gives it less of the incest feel. Um, when I I gotta be honest, I, that's one thing because I feel like in the there's a bit more of an incesty story in the, yeah. the in the remake, isn't there? I think there's it's I prefer it's the also incest. it's also radio. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't love the incest? Step brother. <laughs> there's also a bit of like um, there's a bit more radiate like of the radiation in the remake as well like one of the one of my favorite scenes in the remake is when uh doug does stumble into the the old nuclear testing town so I, i'm pretty sure there's a scene that's very similar to um that in texas chainsaw massacre the beginning where he finds like a, a just a lot of old cars that have been moved there and stored at this site and then he walks down into like a fake town that's yeah. been made for nuclear testing, and whilst he's walking around, he finds like this one that's like really deformed and is in a wheelchair. And he, they say like they came and they dropped bombs, and we didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to leave our homes, all that kind of stuff. So there is a lot more radiation implied in that. But then I yeah. also think there's a bit of you know incest fucking going on. <laughs> which is yeah. kind, of, kind of crucial to the story I think it kind of makes it more fun knowing that there's well, the, it, I, I think it just makes the whole that angle more believable of the guy who's out in the middle of the you know out in the middle of nowhere and I, I, I think it just plays in a little bit more in my head but then it's, it's got a little bit of that um, I saw it was talked quite a lot about it's the Hansel and Gretel kind of thing yeah like two going out kind of thing left out there out of nowhere um, I mean, I always got the the radiation thing, kind of like yeah, I know it's it's kind of topical, but you know Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. and it's like these people are testing these horrendous weapons and not thinking about the actual people who live in the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I read recently that well, this was... is all to do with the the, the US and their testing, yeah. and like that's part of like. Craven's idea that was behind it is the, yeah. the effects because we talk a lot about the freak and like the things like that but this is one of those films that established the idea of the kind of the nuclear 
freaks in that kind of way, yeah. like early coming off of the like the worst things there were like films before this. Like that, but yeah, it's one of those that like what about the the weirdos? The what could it effect could it do to certain children and yeah. Well, there was a, kind of there. I read something, and it was about the people who lived near, or like the you know the native people who lived near where they did the, where they carried out the initial testing. And the, apparently, they did it there because they were like, well, they wanted to. Uh, apparently, I don't know how true this is. <laughs> they wanted to test it on a third world country, but then they were like, we can't be doing that because. Um, it, it, we can't just be testing nuclear weapons yeah. on like our allies and yeah. other countries. People would be pissed off. So they thought, well, if we just do it in the desert, there's less people there. They found out there were people there, and they were just like, well, fuck them. They'll be all right, you know. <laughs> and they just carried out the the testing there. And then, like you know, they found out that it, it massively affected people, gave them cancers, all sorts. Yeah, and it and it screwed like you know generations and bloodlines. And I, it's, that's kind of, it's got to be a heavy theme of that. Yeah. You know? You've got to keep it in the bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the point I was making. Yeah. <laughs> I have all of that. Keep, what I'm yeah, taking is that... Is incest is Basically good. Basically what you're saying is incest is good. Incest is the ideal way forward for humans. <laughs> the boil. Oh, boil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You must only drink mother's milk. <laughs> um, no, but no, it's a. I, I I think there is a lot of that read into it. I mean, as I said, Craven was like a literature kind of. He highly a teacher within literature yeah. before this, and he was a well versed and well like. There's a lot of stuff that play into a lot of his films to do with historically or. Uh, psychologically or things yeah. like that he likes to apply because he'd done a lot of that stuff before he even became or had the chance yeah. to be a writer director um yeah so it, within the film um so well, you get the bit where you know because we were talking about we get bobby Bob. back and uh, oh yeah um, oh yeah bobby we get the you know the classic kind of window jump scare as he kind of grabs uh as as Papa Jupiter grabs, you know, um, Fred Fred away, and then he kills him, which is quite a cool scene. And then we get I love the bit. Like the, you see the, like, the, the door open, yeah. don't you? Where he's, he's there, and he uses the tire iron to kill him. Like yeah. he'd hit him with a tire iron. Yeah. So Freddy dead. <laughs> Fred dead. And then we get a really cool scene, and I always remember it terrifying me in the remake, where the kind of like hounding Bob from the darkness you know they're taunting him about like they're already there with his family and mm. all of this stuff and he's got to run back and he ends up you know collapsing having a heart attack yeah and it's a it's a i always found that such like a horrendous scene you know and then they crucify him and it's just fucking rough man. yeah you see him slamming and be you know slamming like using rocks to like slam holes into his yeah. like hands and Hulling him up against something, and you don't know where it goes from there because you don't you, you don't, don't see, see him, yeah. you don't see him die. Obviously, you just see him getting hammered and crucified up onto something, it's and you don't so, know what's going on. It's so rough, and when I know when I first watched it in the remake, it was it was horrendous. But imagine you know watching it in nineteen seventy seven, and yeah. it's done in a really good way where it doesn't feel really that like. It doesn't feel to the point where you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is, 
this is fake. You know, you can see the paint red blood. No, it's kind of very. It, it's well shot because yeah. it, it's it's by um, it's darkness with yeah. some like slight firelight that you've got. So you get kind of the reflections of what's happening. So it mainly yeah. is on the actor's screams and his noise. And the fact you can see... You can't really actually see what they're doing. You can see no. they're doing something to his hands. You can hear it, the kind of like knocking, like rocks clashing against each other. Yeah. But you can't really see exactly what they're doing to him. Which, again, always tends to make it a little bit worse. Like, what the fuck are they doing? But you can tell that they are piercing his hands. Yeah. Like crucifying him against something. You can see that that is happening. Um obviously back at the carrot obviously like Bobby got like knocked out yeah. but then he shows back up but he doesn't tell anyone what's been going on which I was worried that they're all going to freak out because of what happened to Beauty being mutilated but I thought you'd have to tell them you know yeah, because everyone so. has a secret everyone's the the you know the mum and Lynn are like oh we don't want to say about the weird breathing and then he's like oh the fucking dog's dead well, yeah. I don't want to tell anyone you know yeah, they all do kind of keep it to themselves, and I feel like if you're in the middle of nowhere, I get not scaring them, but I kind of want to scare you. Yeah, I kind of want you to be like, um, "We're in a bad place, mate." What the fuck do we do? Like, yeah, we're fucked. It's should we start doing world. something? Should we start moving? Should we try to get in the? Should we try to get something good? Do we try and do something? I don't fucking know. Should we get ready? Should we get some weapons? Should we do fucking something before? Yeah. Before, because him keeping that back. I, them keeping the noise is one thing but then that's something that could be misinterpreted and they don't know a direct link what yeah. Bobby knows is a direct link that there is a danger specifically yeah, exactly. nearby and that has a direct problem later on when Pluto gets to the caravan yeah uh, which I feel like is the next major this is kind of the next point. major scene um, isn't it? But, that, but obviously as part of this also comes with the Bob scene which is linked together which is I think this is such a great like. Yeah. We start with Pluto, who we finally get to like clearly see, as he sneaks his way into the you know it, they're all the... asleep. They're all in like bed and asleep, apart from is it, I think Bobby and this uh, Bob. I think Bobby's outside because he was like yeah looking, he's gone off to look for Beast in them. Again. Yeah. Um, he's gone off to look for that. Lynn is getting plowed by getting pounded by Doug. They're getting, Doug's on the job. Getting that, he's getting that, As per. He's doing that slappy ball thing. Yeah, his um, balls are just fucking <laughs> bouncing, man. Um, in the car, and they're pissed off. That's why Bobby shows back up in a minute. But Big ass balls just bouncing. Um, that's why in the van is just left with the uh, the daughter, Brenda, and Katie the baby is in there, and Ethel are yes. inside there. Um, I really like Ethel. I think she's a good character. Yeah, she's got a lot. <laughs> she got heart. Yeah, kids got heart. You know? She's worried about them. <laughs> yeah. So they, um, when Pluto comes in and like sneaking around and he's like looking around, he's get. You can see what he's doing. He's taking like the weapons. Yeah. He's taking all those things. He's also just cramming that food in. He's after he scrambling food, in going around sniffing their milk and all that shit. We're <laughs> <laughs> kind of looking around, but you know, and you can't tell whether he's just sneaking into loot. Or whether the violence yeah. is actually coming, because at first it seems like he's just more looting stuff, like he's trying to take stuff to take away. Yeah. Thing. Um, but then obviously that's when we get the um, Bobby out looking worried that Bob's still not back. Yeah. Knocking on the door, Doug and all of that kind of thing, and then that's when we get the proper distraction of this man to come with it, which is the the bang of the, the they Bob set Bob on fire. Yeah. yeah, it's fucked up. Bob goes bang. 
uh, which then means Ethel leaves as well, Bob, which means it's just left. And obviously Pluto has hidden himself away. Yeah. So then when they leave, it's just left with Brenda and Katie, the baby, are all that's left inside. And obviously yeah. he grabs it and you're like, what the fuck is he going to do kind of thing? Like, what's Pluto going to do to her? And keeps it. And it's quite like, because you don't know what they're gonna, what they're up to, you are a bit like, what the fuck are you going to yeah. do to her? Like, holding down. But he also seems to be a bit interested in, like, her body a little bit and it's things like that. Weird, and, um and then again, the baby is a you know you're like shit. What's gonna happen to the baby? And then the Bob stuff, man. Bob burning Rip. on the fire, like burning. Rip Bob. Like, it's it, I I I do think for me like there's one thing like there are some interesting like deaths and stuff in this film. Some interesting things are like oh, I can tell why this is such a classic in a lot of ways. Yeah. But the that part is like I, like I think that's one of the the cooler kind of affecting deaths that I've seen in one the way with the build up with him like yeah. the way you get to, him to kind of know Bob's character a bit but then you get to see him kind of get crucified then you get this kind of him used as a distraction and him like burnt on the it's, yeah it's rough isn't it yeah when they're all trying to put him out and Ethel just goes fucking crazy it's like, so fuck cruel isn't it? that's what I mean like it, it's both like it's both cruel and then at the same time you're oddly like that's clever no, it's very clever. You're like, that's clever for a bunch of fucking... <laughs> for a bunch of hill, <laughs> inbred hill fucks, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, all those that. And, um, so, no, you're really like shit. And obviously the family's like devastated. And again, I think, again, like... Um, who is the actress who plays Ethel? Um, I can't remember the name. Virginia Vincent, it is. And she, um, her performance is like quite well as like at first terrified and then just going fucking crazy. Yeah, like crazy mad, and it is just that build up of like, oh my god, like how much, what's going to happen to them next? And this is what I mean. We've had that kind of this feels like quicker, but we've had that kind of build up of these. Yeah. And this is already a good portion into the film uh, when this happens because then you've got a lot of a lot of the other stuff really happens quite quickly. Yeah, um, but I do think that scene is so well done with them going to that and then coming back and then obviously um Doug's there looking after a Bob yeah. when Ethel and that they, they tried to get Ethel Bobby like they tried to get Ethel back so uh, Lynn takes her back to the yeah. background and that's where Pluto is with that and you also I think is it is it I think it's Mars Papa Jupiter it's Mars yeah Mars. Mars also kind of appears here and that's and and this is when you get the deaths of Lynn and you get Ethel getting fucking like stabbed in that yeah. stabbed in you're like fuck like I gotta be honest I think purely because I recognise Dee Wallace more I'd actually forgot even the second time watching that she gets that she's off like quite quickly very quickly not quickly within the film but the fact that she was like one of the first to go and the fact that she's like the mother of the child yeah it's again real rough, plays against the idea you're like you, she's not the one you would expect to go and the no. big ass Bobby is the one half the time I was waiting I, I kept thinking in my head oh, I swear Bobby's the first one to die I was like oh shit beautiful <laughs> Bobby would die wouldn't you you would have thought like when Bobby goes off near the start you think Bobby's gonna get it yeah, Doug seems like an absolute seventies, eighties horror film. Like that dude's fucking biting it any minute. Yeah, he are. That dude's dying straight away. And that is one. It's another strong thing. Is a little in terms bit of, of subversion. Yeah. It really does subvert the expectations of what even what I was expecting to happen within the film. To be honest, yeah. Like the fact that like following this is the baby that plays such a big bit, but also in your head you're like 
They're like, like on about like fresh meat and like talking about like the baby and the, the baby's going to be eaten. They call it the tenderloin. Yeah, like which is fucking. They don't call it special, baby ones. But you just think of like all the ones there. You're like, look how much fucking meat you got on all yeah. these boys. Like Bob could have served you Bob, meal Bob for a while. Served you a while. Yeah. Bob all meat. <laughs> yeah, you could have eaten Bob's brain. Could have had his eyes. You know. Bob's like going in that dumpster for that we call Tesco. Film. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Like, his meat must be so like poor quality. But it probably lasts you a while. You know. <laughs> but that's what I mean. You're just there like ah, like what like. For your family, that baby's like that's like a little roast chicken. For you. <laughs> yeah, it's like a tiny little, like, you know, one of those real small ones you get for like four pounds. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like, bulls that uh, Bob's that he's he's that he's that full cow. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> you got all kinds of bits of meat on that. <laughs> yeah, but then he's he's probably like that real. He's probably like Hubbard. Hubbard Farms meat, you know, where it's just like water injected into yeah. it. Like, oh, well, like Bernard Matthews. Like Bernard Matthews, yeah. You know, it's like real, like, bad yeah. quality meat. Yeah, they should. But it's the same thing. You're just there like, well, not, why not take like Brenda? Well, <laughs> she got yeah. more meat on her. She got more meat on her. Younger, <laughs> supple meat. <laughs> that wrong. Ethel, Ethel would be like old and like stringy you know <laughs> like game <laughs> this is us now this is a, this is the cannibal podcast yeah I'm, yeah, I'm kind of tell you what kind of person to eat I'm getting in the mood we can tell you the flesh. perfect age range of which, in which meat and then we'll tell you later how to cook it to the perfection I'm, I want to get that garlic with. ready baby yeah what we pair with Ethel the old bird um, yeah um, but it's I think that whole that whole scene where you know, Mars and Mark, when Mars comes in, he's he's so fucking menacing. He comes in, he fuck, he starts scratching a bunch of raw meat, yeah. neck in milk, and then he and then his mouth's all open. It's all dribbling down, and then he just he's pops off, yeah, he Mars. pops off a budgie's head and fucking. Oh fuck! Yeah, I forgot the budgie. Next, it's blood. You know. Yeah, that's that's it, it's such a cool like literally just tearing its head off and just drink and drink that. You're just thinking like. I don't know why you're thinking like he's gonna eat the boat. Yeah, and it's just like nah, nah. This I'm is just little, drink it's little drink for me. I'm just drink it. Like, it's like one of those little like edit- Yakult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like one of those little energy. You, know, you see those little like, like energy four hour drink energy. shots. Or, yeah, that's my little oh. budgie blood. I've got the blood. It's ready to go. <laughs> you're just there like what a fucking waste of the budget just to drink like a what I imagine is a very small amount. Of blood. Yeah, it must be like tiny. <laughs> must be like twenty, like, like a little fifty vibe. milliliters, like a shot. <laughs> of blood you know? yeah <laughs> and you've just fucking you've just drank it discarded the caucus but no he caucus. is proper fat out of all of them he's the one straight away you're like oh, yeah you don't want he's to more fucked up than papa jupiter like pluto is a complete follower he's like a sheep he's like scared he doesn't really know like he he doesn't fight he's also like mars well mars is the one that acts like he gets to do the fuck again there is where incest does come in because who's mars fucking because he's only got a sister or a mother or a mother and he talks about doing the fuck because he's like, you don't get to touch the to Pluto. He's like, you don't get to touch the like yeah. the woman. You don't get to have the unless. So there is. Look, he, he says something about not being a man, doesn't he? To Pluto, yeah, like yeah. Pluto, you're not a man, and you don't get to touch the. But then again, we do know that they've been foraging for a lot of bodies and stuff like that. So we could be talking more of a like, yeah, <laughs> necrophilia, like yeah, we could be talking more of a. A dead body or a, a raping situation. Yeah, here for a I don't, 
But it could also be that his mama whore is now the, is the breeder for all it of them. Maybe. I don't know which is fucking worse. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Whether him shagging a dead body or him shagging his mum is worse, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think we're all... It's, it's all equally bad. <laughs> yeah, it's all... I mean, it's all bad. It's just, you know, which is which is the worst one to think about. I don't, tell can, us your answer. Yeah, tell us your answer uh, <laughs> at CMTH Podcast. We'll start a poll online. <laughs> put either hashtag mama or hashtag body. <laughs> Keep it vague. Elon might come after us you know, if we spread too much dissonance on there. Nah, he'll like it. It'll get, it's more likely to get Twitter close to us. Oh, sorry, X close down. Fucking X. Fucking X. <laughs> what absolute it's shit. It's so bad, uh, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm just going to keep saying you can find us on Twitter. Yeah, it's on Twitter. It is. We're still saying Twitter, and as long as Elon Trump continues to try and bomb Twitter, like he's literally, yeah. it seems like he's just trying to fucking kill it. He's a fucking nut. Man. Squash that bitch down. Yeah, I can't wait from I can't wait for fucking Zuck to just choke him out, and drain in that his life force, just lop his head straight off, and drain one his life force. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that whole scene is it's quick mm. and it's violent. You know. Oh yeah, Brenda he, screaming as they put. You're on about the camera. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> like, he, you know. screaming again, again. Like you, don't, it does cut away from it, so you don't yeah. even know what's going. But she's screaming even more when you come back to her. Kind yeah. Of thing. And then obviously, baby's gone. They find the baby, and they're on about oh that <laughs> like that prime baby. Well, he shoots. He shoots Lim. He yeah. shoots. Um, Ethel. He shoots Ethel. Yeah, I said he stab it. He yeah. shoots her in the light stomach. Yeah, he gets stabbed in the leg, and then yeah. you do get that bright red blood um, coming back because obviously that's how every, that's how people bled in the seventies. You know? Oh yeah, bloods blood changed, baby. Yeah, bloods changed. <laughs> but then I think what I thought was like real shocking was when he put the gun in Brenda's mouth. Oh yeah, and yeah. then he pulled it, and the trick, and there was no bullets, and I was like. Fucking hell, I remember that from the remake. Yeah, yeah. It was real intense. And then he just, yeah. and then I loved that he just ran off and then just like disappeared into the darkness. It did so have, intense. like, that scene did have that proper Last House on the left intensity of like, when yeah. In, in Last House when they're like in the woods and they're being chased. And yeah. You know what I mean? That proper like shit. Like, this guy doesn't really care. I'd say there's a link over to me in the style with Mars and, you know, from the, the main guy. Yeah, David Mars. Hess. David Hess, yeah. That that kind of style of, like, this guy just... He doesn't give a fuck. Like, he is just here to find it. He'll do whatever he needs He's, to he, He'll do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, so... No, that is... It's such a well scene. And i got, I got to be honest, the, the whole stuff with the baby having a baby yeah <laughs> like um, did it did give me a little bit of anxiety of like the, what I was like what the fuck do they do to the baby I can't remember what happened in Ridge. I don't think they're going to kill the baby but for some reason yeah. in my head I was like I was like fucking hell like why like the, why do they choose it? and I think it is it's Craven going for the most uncomfortable he could have yeah. taken any of them they could have said any of them were going to be taken off but the fact they seem so infatuated with eating that baby it's fucking almost, they, it almost starts to feel a bit like they long out and like I feel like you would have got back and gone straight to that up. baby. I yeah. feel like that baby would have. Well, they got the dog, straight. haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're eating the dog. Yeah, they've got they've got beauty. They're eating yeah. the doggy, and um, oh, we haven't actually mentioned about the absolute alpha that is the beast. He's fucking uh, nuts. Beast, just beast. But he's fucking that dog is like that dog is all over. It's them. on site. 
but he's fucking he's fucking tracking them he's following them he, sometimes it looks like he's like oh, that's an interesting conversation lads thanks for the information <laughs> they just I also love that they're just like at one point they're talking about how kind of aggressive the dog is and they're like well, do you remember he he killed that poodle last year? Yeah, I, was I think like, Bob was mad. He had to pay a vet vet bill for a dead dog, and I was like, you "Fucking <laughs> killed another dog." That's one of the ones that I was like, "I was like, in what fucking world do they get away with that?" Like, if if your dog kills a fucking poodle, then there's a reason that dog shouldn't be about. Like, yeah, you don't just go, "Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll take you on a holiday. I'll get another one." You know. But Beast, yeah, Beast literally looks like he's he's going across those hills. Like, where the fuck's my meat? Yeah. <laughs> not even necessarily like oh you killed my brother or sister you killed my beauty no he's just going like I'm gonna fucking rip you apart when I get near you <laughs> I need meat <laughs> they literally like it's so funny like when they follow it back to the cave and the guy that's the guy that's talking to the brother that's talking to um, I can't remember the other brother's name Pluto, Mars, Mama, Mercury. Mercury. Who, Mercury gets bodied. Yeah, and by the fucking dog, the dog like rushed up and basically just knocking them out straight off of that mat. It was That's so funny. cool. But the fact that the dog seems to literally be tracking, but it's more the fact that the dog walks by. They're, they've had a conversation about Beast not that long before, and it's the fact that the dog just like looks like it's looking for a fire, and then appears on the top of that yeah. mountainside and just be like, right, mate, just, just knocking off. <laughs> just yeets himself at him. <laughs> Fucking gone. Um, and yeah, said, so this all kind of then kind of rucks into Doug finds out Lynn's dead and looks fucking heartbroken as you would, yeah, obviously. They tried to keep Ethel going, but she's in a bad fucking state. By the morning, she's dead. Yeah. Doug's gone off to try and obviously find Katie, the baby. Um, dog's on dog's dog Bobby and <laughs> Bobby and Brenda are still there because Brenda it's one part it's always when you've got hystericals and I completely understand why Brenda is hysterical but just like to the characters themselves she starts to get fucking annoying to them because it goes on for a long time and I like think screeching and squealing I have a theory that the reason why it's so grating is the audio because in, nowadays, when you get you know when you get somebody who's screaming hysterically like that, it is not as like high. Whereas when I watched that, I watched it with headphones on, it was almost unbearably grating. The scream, like the audio level, was almost to the point where I was like, "Fuck!" Like, oh, she stopped. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and it's, it always seems to be films from this period. It's just, it's almost like they're like, "Well, we're putting everybody's." Voice like so, so I decibels. had to turn the sound down because it was yeah. literally it was piercing. And they're like three times as loud as everybody, and that is like in, um, great. in Texas Chainsaw when yeah. she's at the table and she's screaming, and it is exactly piercing. Yeah, yeah, same. But it's effective. It works really well in that like in that way. But yeah, in Texas Chainsaw, it works psychologically. In this one, it was just kind of annoying. After all, it's just like oh, oh. yeah. But then it kind of worked when you like when Bobby turns around like, "Will you fucking?" <laughs> he doesn't say that, but he basically yeah. has to shut up. Like that's enough. Like he's getting frustrated with it all. Um, so yeah, Doug goes off, and then obviously they're kind of all in a situation where they're like, "Fuck, what are we gonna do?" Um, Bobby and Brenda end up after Mum's dead. Ethel's gone. Rip. Yeah. Wake up in the Rip morning. Ethel. She's um, got quite a sad death as well, and she's like, "Is everybody asleep?" Like, yeah. you know, how's how's the baby? And she's like, fucking oblivious yeah. to all of the shit that's going she's on. Just like delirious by that point. Yeah, and and and, and this one it is one of the things I like is that it all seems quite genuine. 
Yeah. Like the deaths, the the way they go, it doesn't seem over the top necessarily. Yeah. Um, it mainly also that's why I kind of pointed out the the family, the clan of you know yeah. the hills, you know of the hills, those guys, um, as sticking out a little bit as being kind of uh, a little bit more goofy and maybe a little bit you know yeah. cartoonish at times, only because I feel like Craven's played it so like natural and straight with the family, but there's a good contrast there between you can see the differences between the. <laughs> the inbreds and the, yeah. the kind of the mutants and the the family kind of thing. You can tell that difference that's there. Um, but yeah, it is it is uh, sad when F is dead and um, Queen. Then they have to start thinking about how the fuck are we gonna how the fuck are we going to basically survive, survive this? How are we gonna get away from this? Um, and they have to use Ethel's dead body as a distraction. Which is mental. Which is, yeah, it's, Matt, Bre- it's Brenda who comes up with an idea. She's like, I've yeah. got an idea. And it is not at all where you expect that no. idea to go. She's like, I've got an idea. You're just like, oh, you've got a weapon, you've got an idea, you've got a way to get something started, or a way to travel, or a way to hide. No, I've got a way to use our mum. <laughs> yeah. Our mum's dead body as a way to lure someone into a trap. That's bait. I think yeah. our mum's just sat out in the middle of the, <laughs> in the, yeah. middle of the desert just staring at you like... Well, that's, uh, she's alive. Yeah. <laughs> she's definitely alive. All they needed was some sunglasses and a little bit of puppetry. <laughs> yeah, I love... Waving at <laughs> I love... Um, I love Beast bringing back the walkie-talkie, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because then, the, then we get like a fun bit of play between them. Such an intelligent dog. Yeah, it is, really. It, well, it knew, Overly. <laughs> it knew it needed help. Because you got Papa Jupiter and Pluto are like, obviously now on the, the warpath to get back. Yeah. Um, uh, as uh, good old Mercury is dead. <laughs> yeah, Rip Mercury. Actually, fuck Mercury. <laughs> fuck those guys. Yeah, so you've got Hinkerbat and obviously, oh, yeah, because you've got Beast ripping Pluto's throat out. <laughs> Well, he attacks his leg, doesn't he? He plays with him, because obviously it's not long before that Mars and Pluto were only just together, but they go off in different yeah. ways. And then he just has a little play with him, a little fuck over a messy Real bow. gross. He kind of rips his ankle. Like, oh, yeah, he does. You off. see it, like, break. You see the yeah. little break, the bone sticking. It's like, yeah. And I, I don't know why. I think because even though Pluto did a lot of that stuff, it felt more Mars was the one inciting a lot of the violence. Yeah. Pluto, I feel, feels like the tame one of them. He feels a little bit like well, he's he does bit... stuff, but he's like he's kind of just there. You don't actually feel like, I, I, you don't feel like you're terrified of him. But no, you feel he's a, a little bit simple, sorry of him. Yeah. yeah, he's a bit more of a sympathetic one. Yeah, so so then when he gets quite a longed out death from the dog, you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> no, I was like, fuck him. No, I, I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck him because of what they're doing. But uh, I was just like, ah, oh, shit. But it was fun to see him get ripped out. Yeah, well, the end bit is, is really is really quite quick, to be honest. This is what, like, it does feel like it really, um, from that moment of when you get Bob, I do feel like it all kind of, like, it, like the caravan thing. The only yeah. part that feels a little bit slower is maybe the Ethel in the, like, from her being alive to dead. Doesn't happen quite as quickly as it seems. Like, she's alive quickly. one night and then she's dead by the morning, obviously. But I don't know, maybe it's just because you saw a couple of scenes of maybe, it, so yeah. a little bit more, but... All of this seems to happen really quickly. That's why I was like, I felt like I felt like the baby should already be dead by now. Because yeah. <laughs> like it felt like it felt like who who's it's like it's who's bringing home your McDonald's and not eating it straight. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see all that Big Mac just looking at me. You know? yeah. I'm not waiting until until tomorrow morning. 
<laughs> Especially if there's like a bunch of us around. There's one Big Mac for all of us. I'm not going to be like, we'll leave it into the morning. I'm going to just start eating it as soon as you turn <laughs> your back. <laughs> I am devious. You like that, you know? Just master just starts munching down on that baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do it to be fair. Once they realise um, they're being attacked, he's just, they're just like, yeah, kill it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just fucking chop it up, mate. Um, that is when they're like on the way out. Luckily, they do a few distractions to get because um, Doug obviously Doug um, in the warpath. Ethel's corpse. Ethel's corpse yeah. is the trap that managed to kill Papa Jupiter. Well, it trick they trick him in, don't they, by like lassoing him? And I don't remember yeah. they did that. I don't think they do that in the in the remake because that for me was a bit like Looney Tunes. You know? Yeah, it was a little bit like, how did you come up with that concept? How did you, and that's why I was like, that's why you don't expect Brenda's plan to go there. Yeah. Because how the fuck did like, where did that come from? Where did you know to set up to make the explosion? How did you know how to I do got that? the explosion. What I didn't get, because that kind of makes sense. You've got gas bowels, you've got matches. It's just because it's like all quite far away from the carrot. Like they take them quite yeah. like a bit far away, like further distance from yeah. it, don't they? So to drag their mum's corpse, put it's her on a, a chair, set up the explosion. Yeah. Like, oh. But what I didn't expect was for them to, you know, have a lasso oh, to, yeah. to a car tyre. Yeah, like I imagined it to yeah. be like, you know, like Papa Jupiter sees the body and he's like sneaking between rocks and then he like gets to he gets to the body and he's like about to do something he realises it's dead he hears a car engine and then he looks at the camera and he's got like a sign that says like uh oh <laughs> and then it just like drags him away and he leaves like a dust on his body yeah. <laughs> you know it's a bit like Looney Tunes that's just what I thought watching it I was like I remember them blowing him up yeah but I don't remember them doing like an elaborate trap. To yeah, try and get yeah, that's what you mean. It is a yeah. little bit. It is a little bit over the top. Um, yeah, but, but the rest of the you know, I, you've I'm already sure, got yeah. Ruby, who obviously not too much in play, but you normally just get to see her abused by them and stuff. Like yeah, that. that's but you've already seen that she's like taken the baby away, yeah, and, like ran off kind of thing, and that's again, it kind of adds extra fuel to the rage. That's like, what are we gonna do? Yeah, because um, she's mashes mama on the end she fucking wants her away Um, and then you get like you know obviously Jupiter chases after them it's a a scene where he's like will he won't he go into the the caravan which I think is quite good Mm. Um, and then he goes in obviously he you think he ends up exploding but he kind of survives and starts strangling Bobby before he gets shot Um, there there is a good scene we did we did jump over and it is with the uh uh cb radio you know when he's saying oh who uh you know it's the air force like what's your defensive capabilities and bobby's like yeah we've got two bullets left it's just yeah. us you know oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what Cooter's still alive isn't he yeah, yeah that's what i said that's, kind before, of that's, that's just before they see um, mercury get killed yes yeah, it's just as they're heading back up, yeah. yeah it's the way real... they play with them, that's what I mean. I quite like those parts. Yeah. When they kind of mess around with them and they're fucking with them. Um, yeah, yeah. It's um, mainly if that, it's, it's, just pr- it's pretty much that final thing with Doug and Mars. It goes really quick. I think I, I'm sure I paused it after, because um, I think the, the film is like 89 minutes long, and I'm sure I paused it. Um, after 
like Big Bob was dead. And I think there was only like 20 minutes left or something like that. I'm sure it like, it it doesn't feel like it's as long, you know, it feels like it's quite a, a quick film. It feels like you're only building for 20 minutes and then it gets there. Yeah. But it's actually, it's a lot longer, which is why I think in the remake, I think they did add that initial part where Doug kind of wanders into the, the testing site because when you when you break down the story, it is really bare bones, you know, like yeah. the family... It's only an 89 minute film. Yeah, they get, they, get, they get stuck, they get raided, they retaliate, and it's over. Yeah. You know, it is a really, really quick film. But I think it I think it's paced well and it never kind of it doesn't feel like it's long in itself. Never lo- I don't I don't I think they've cut in there's no there's no real fat here. Mm. Is what I mean. They haven't tried to add extra stuff just for the sake of it. Like Yeah. We could have followed things longer, we could they could have I mean, the Doug part is totally there for adding. Yeah. Because it's there in the foot. You don't really you don't see what Doug does. You no. see Doug go off and Doug come back. So it's a, it's an obvious one if you were a rice as a girl, we'll just tell what Doug did. We we can flesh it out. Where did more. Doug go? Kind of yeah. what did Doug get up to? Um and yeah, it's a it's a it's a bit odd, because um, Doug the the ending is a rush and yet I mainly just remember Doug seeming like we're just seeing him running over a bunch of You are. You're just seeing him running and running over different parts of different rock areas. Yeah. And that's mainly like, it's like, wow, where are they? Where are they? And then he sees Ruby and yeah. gets she's... his baby back, obviously. But then that's when Mars gains the, you know, gets in there and, yeah. you know, and they have that little the fight and they're going back and forth. And then that's when we get the old rattlesnake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and interesting, you know, because yeah. in the original, in the original, in the remake, I know he's got like this chain thing, but I think he gets. I think he gets shotgunned because I think Doug has found a shotgun. Yeah. At this point, um, and it is. It's like I, I mean, because they talk about rattlesnakes throughout the film, <laughs> and then like Ruby's just like, "Oh my god, Doug's getting strangled. And he's about to get stabbed. I need to find a rattlesnake." <laughs> and she just starts running around, and then she's like, oh, "I found a rattlesnake. Now I need to find." Uh, a Y-shaped stick so I can hold his head down and then she just fucking throws a snake at him and it's a real gamble because there's like a 90% chance that the snake's just gonna hit him and go off and instead it just like bites him and he instantly dies you know <laughs> well he, well, he gets like just, stabbed up he gets stabbed he up he gets stabbed up. and that's kind of the end of the film isn't it it's yeah. kind of like just stabbing and Brenda's like fuck <laughs> yeah Ruby's like oh Christ what are you doing yeah well, mate, he's, he'll yeah. be dead in eight minutes, you know. <laughs> it, but he's it is like, straight to it. I get the I get the point that he's trying to make, you know. Mm. And I think for me, I watched it, and then I, I up front, I I think I prefer the remake, mm. um, not just because I watched it more, but I feel like it tells the same story, but it's a bit more updated, and it's a bit like it's almost like if he had a bigger budget, basically. They it's the that. same thing. Um, the I one thing to, I have to rewatch the remake yeah. to make my decision, or see it more, like see it more recently. Obviously, to yeah. make a decision on original v remake. Yeah, <laughs> and I just think like my main thing is they're supposed to be like radiated, potentially inbred yeah. people, but they just look like they're just normal people who just dress 
like in animal skins, you know. Yeah. So like I don't but like think social they... norm kind of thing. I think. Yeah. I don't. Know. I, don't, I, don't I don't. At the same time, I don't know if I need the like. I don't know if he's going. He could be going with that in that kind of style, not having lots of special effects needed to make the thing, or it could be go from a, you know, that necessarily that doesn't mean that they necessarily look like freaks, but they definitely act like freaks. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like act like that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, as I said, I'd have to know based on it, but I, I find it a mighty impressive film for not only his second film ever. Oh, yeah. But for the time, the topics that they touch on and the areas that they're looking at here yeah. and the, the way they approach it, including some really impressive the you know, deaths, even just down to things like the use of bloody dogs, which was, oh yeah, you know that's a that's a really that's interesting a way of doing interesting feat to kind of add in that thing. Even if yes, the dog and uh, some of the antics and maybe even some of the uh, Papa Jupiter's clan are a little bit at times. Maybe there's a few little cartoonish elements yeah. in there that kind of maybe take away from the seriousness at a couple of points. Uh, generally, you know. Um, I feel like we've built towards our key question of our segment, and this is Massey Horror. So, like many of our segments before this, obviously, every time we have to decide whether it would go onto our top uh, 100 list, whether it would be up there with that. I mean, whether you think, the, I think in my head, whether I did watch the remake and think it is, and again, I do like a lot of the remakes, although when I watch them more recently, sometimes they've not always lived up to what I thought was good. Yeah. Because as much as I'd like to say that, they're not normally as, as much as sometimes I thought the remake was more accessible. Uh, sometimes in the past, I have found that when I watch them, I just feel that generally the filmmaking of it is not nearly as strong as even what the original did with less. Kind of. Yeah. So I do wonder whether I, whether I would, because I do think there's a lot of things that Craven has done really strong in this film. Um, so that'll be an interesting balance to see in the future, uh, whether we touch onto the remake and get onto that one. Which I'm sure we will. At yeah, some eventually. Uh, we will get around to that or maybe do a compare the two in an episode. But um, for for this film, um, again, I've watched it twice in a year. So I feel that's a pretty positive. Yeah. <laughs> um, once because of the podcast, once just because I thought I'd watch it. And yeah. both times I've enjoyed it. I think it's I think it's strong. I think it has some real strong techniques um, and again, you can't have a remake without a strong original. <laughs> yeah. Because most of the time you don't normally make a remake unless... Uh, well, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have the same. Because sometimes you can do it to try and beat or make a better film. But I don't think this is the case of that. I think this is the case of a remake was made in, to honour. The original, which was already deemed as a classic horror. Yeah. Um, I, I, do, I, I, I don't see how I can really not put this on a high list for me. I think I've, I, I really enjoyed it, like I do most of Craven's films normally. Um, but, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of fantastic, not only directing, but also some fantastic tension, suspense in this film. I do think it's scary. I do think it builds anxiety in people. Um, I, I I do think there are a few things that can be improved, and yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a simplistic plot, but even taking that into account, I do think it's it it's a str- it's a strong film that I think builds on his previous direct, directorial debut. Yeah, I think it builds on that in several ways, 
And in that, he had some kind of oddly cheesiest kind of scenes, but this is improved upon that in some ways as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I put it on my list. I, I'd, I think I'd probably even already say it's higher than some of the other ones I put on the list, I think. Which oh. one specifically? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. I'll talk about that later. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm really stuck, to be honest. Um, I... I think I get that there are, you know, uh, there are some some good filmmaking moments uh, throughout the film. It's very, it's very well made. Um, it does have it does have tension. Um, it is a. It, I like the the simpleness of the story. Um, I I think I'm. I don't know whether I'm a bit tainted because I saw the remake first. You know, hmm. and if I if somebody said to me. Which, you know, I want to watch The Hills Have Eyes. Do I watch the 77 one or do I watch the remake? Because they're so similar, yeah. I would probably say watch the remake. Mm. Because I think it, it, it's so similar. and Just all of the same story beats, but it expands things a little bit more. At least in my mind. And, and the, it's a bit more sinister. I don't know whether that's tainted my kind of thoughts or whether I, I would say it's this true. is musty horror you know um i'm gonna i am gonna go controversial and i'm gonna say no just <laughs> on the basis that i'm trying to think for musty horror i'm trying to think of films that i would recommend to people who haven't seen horror films or who are looking to watch horror films you know yeah. and like these are the 100 films that you must see if you're gonna if you're only gonna watch a hundred horror films. These are the ones you've got to watch, and I don't think, unfortunately, I would include it. Mm, it's a. Uh, feel free to shoot me down, um, <laughs> and as always, you know, come and let us know what you think because when we agree, you know, we, we all we disagree, <laughs> uh, but not everybody will. So let us know your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram. You are either hashtag Team Epo. If you think it is musty horror, or hashtag Team Bobby, <laughs> if unfortunately you think it isn't. Um, when was and, the last time you saw the remake? Probably about 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> okay, so we're but definitely it, revisiting the remake. We'll revisit. See whether it, we suddenly we'll look revisit. at it and go, oh shit. <laughs> but it was burnt in my brain more, you know? I, I think, but I think certain scenes can be burnt into your brain, but then I think uh, from our modern view, when we watch certain ones. I think we have watched them and gone, oh shit, like that is the, the, the idea might be expanded, but I do, I, that's what I, that's why I'm like holding off in my head. I'm like, holding. Yeah, I might, the idea, I do, I think I remember liking it, but the idea might be expanded, but I am just inkling in my head going, but is it as actually a well made, as well made yeah. film? <laughs> I, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, come let us know your thoughts. Either hashtag Team Epo if it is, hashtag Team Bobby if it's not. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at CMTH Podcast. I ain't saying X. <laughs> Fuck that, man. No. <laughs> um, it's, it's Twitter until, until the site crumbles. Um, remember to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. We will see you next week. Uh, make sure that you don't take any detours, you don't go looking for any silver mines, and remember, if you need instant buzz of energy, drink the blood of a budgie. We will see you soon. Bye-bye.